security threats are everywhere. But with Xfinity XFi, you're notified of threats to your in-home Wi-Fi network, so all your connected devices are protected. That's simple, easy, awesome. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit today. Restrictions apply. The kind of old-fashioned cop who preferred working the streets and making arrests to taking tests toward promotion. He was the closest thing New York had to a dirty Harry. This is One Tough Podcast on the OG Podcast Network. Here's your host, Bo Deedle. Welcome to One Tough Podcast. I'm here joined, like always, with Carlo. Privet, Kagdila. Who? What'd you say? I was just in case anyone Russian's listening. (laughs) Oh, my God, Carlo. You never never surprise me. Today, we have a... You're a doctor? I'm a... I did my PhD. Oh, well, excuse me. You got a PhD, Carlo? No. You ain't got one. So I'm going to call you doctor. How about Dr. Carter Page? Uh, Dr. Page, boy, you're putting doctor ahead of everything here. Mr. Page is a petroleum industry consultant. What does that mean? Well, I've, I've, uh, I've had uh, an investment firm in the energy industry. So, you know, some investment, some... And your former advisor to President Trump in the 2016 uh, campaign? I actually was a member of the campaign foreign policy uh, committee, but I actually never met uh, Mr. Donald J. Trump. Well, you, you, you're kind of famous because of this whole nonsense, <laughs> and it's the miscarriage of this whole FISA warrant when they were eavesdropping on you, and this is probably one of the most interesting things because they investigated this up, around, and sideways, and if there was any evidence that you did something wrong, I'm sure you would have been indicted and uh, you would have been prosecuted, but for some reason, oops, there's nothing there. And let's talk a little bit about your foundation, your base in life. You're a graduate of our esteemed Naval Academy? Yes, 1993. My friend uh, Ed Straw is a veteran. Yeah, Ed's a good friend great of mine. Guy, great guy. Three-star admiral. used to head yeah. up Estee Lauder. Uh, Could he give him my best. I haven't seen him for a while. It's well, he's got a house guy. down there on the lake, yeah. and I took that all the time. Yeah, and uh, you left the Navy. Did you, you went right to work for Merrill Lynch? Uh, no, I uh, I actually was a fellow at the Council on Foreign Relations here in New York uh, for a year and worked at a tech startup for uh, about another year and then joined in 2000. Right. And then you, you found your own company there, Global Energy Capital. Yes. What was that? So it's a uh, an investment firm focused on the energy sector in developing markets. Mm-hmm. So. And and you you then were traveling a lot to Russia? Yes, I've spent a lot of time there over the years. I actually, uh, in 2004, me and another guy opened the Merrill Lynch's office in Moscow. In 1998, when the emerging markets financial <clears throat> crisis occurred, Merrill uh, was one of the few banks that totally closed down in in Russia. And so 2004, it's the fastest growth market in the world. And they're like, oh, we better get back in. So me and another guy went over Carter, to open the office. Will you ever approach to be an operative, a CIA operative? Let me tell you back why I'm asked that question. Mm-hmm. I was approached with all my investigations worldwide upon retirement. And I actually met with operatives 
who wanted to recruit me into the CIA. I can say it openly because I never went in there and I don't really care. Were you ever approached with all your travelings to Russia? Me as a, as a station chief, I noticed Carter Page, yeah. military man, you'd be a perfect person. Well, Bo, typically I would not talk about that, but unfortunately the criminal leakers in the U.S. intelligence community and some of their colleagues ended up leaking that information. So, Well, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. But I'm well, asking. I was, yes. Yeah. So the answer, uh, it's been in some news stories over the last few years. Right, but, you right. Know, I, I was revealed as being a source both for the CIA but also for the FBI. But so. also for the United States of America. Absolutely. You're a patriot. Absolutely. You're not a double spy. You're a patriot. And that's exactly why I really wanted you to be here, because you're friends with my dear friend, Sean Hannity. And <laughs> Sean Hannity, to me, walks on water. And he's a great American, great patriot. I love Sean. And that's why I really wanted you on here to talk yeah. to you a little about the miscarriage of justice that's been prevailed upon you. Well, there's there's some heroes that Sean values more than anyone. And way up there, you know, at the very top of that pinnacle is law enforcement and, you know, the, the great, amazing accomplishments you've had throughout your career. I, I'm, I can understand why you two would be uh, Well, you know, you know we're, we're, we're going to get into the meat of why you're here. Yeah. Here's the story. All of a sudden, I get a contact in the 1990s. Carla don't even know it. So I meet this guy who is a uh, CIA station chief, and he goes, Bo, you do investigations worldwide. What a great cover it could be for you going into the Middle East and all that. I said, really? So I used to do IMIS in the morning. <laughs> yes. So I did it for 34 years. So all of a sudden he has me. I get a phone call from someone, uh, meet under the clock in the Waldorf Astoria. They used to have a clock yeah, there. Yeah, I remember. Peacock it. Right in the middle. And, uh, right. Reception. And I go there yeah. and, I, and I, I'm sitting there, 5 o'clock, I'm waiting, right? All of a sudden this, this lady is about 5 foot tall. She goes, oh, deedle. I look, I look at a little lady, five foot tall, <laughs> yeah, Bo Deedle, and she whips out this CIA bifolder, mm. and she says, uh, okay, I've come to meet you. Now she's talking to me, asking me all kinds of questions. And I said, look, for this country, I would kill my, I'd, I'd kill for this country. Yeah. I'd, I, I love this country. I'm a patriot. To help this country, I'll do anything, right? And years ago, I used to do the bodyguard work for the royal family of Saudi Arabia while I was on the force in New York. So I had been to Saudi Arabia two dozen times with all these Abu Dhabi dudes. <laughs> and I kind of know the whole act over there and the hypocriticalness of what that's all about. So I felt kind of funny kind of cool. I'm not afraid of anything. So, I mean, I could be over there and I could do what I got to Next thing is I, uh, I go on IMAS the next day. And I was there, Bob, what are you, why are you acting so cocky? I said, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. So he squeezed it out of me. He squeezed yeah, it out of me. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, I meant to, to put it this way. I never heard from him. I said, we did a live show, and I mentioned they wanted me to be a CIA operative in the Middle East. I never heard from him. They probably said, this son of a bitch can't yeah. even keep a secret from one day to the other. <laughs> yeah. We can't make him a CIA operative. <laughs> and that was my CIA involvement. But kind of funny, right? You know, well, it's funny Bo, but it's sad because, unfortunately, what we have is some of the top people in law enforcement, you know, during the Obama administration in our country. Mm. Some of these top people decided that it's more important, you know, what's more important? It's a similar dichotomy, right, in terms of, you know, real intelligence operation yeah. on the one side yeah, versus, you know, media operations. Uh -huh. And these people, you know, in the top level of the Obama administration's 
um, intelligence community really decided that media is more important by their actions and what, how they've handled themselves in the uh, year since. And, you know, the best example is uh, a former, CIA, uh, former director of national Brennan. intelligence. Well, the, Brennan, he's and on he MSNBC. A a Clapper is Clapper on, and uh, Brennan, two dickheads who were in the, in the area of national intelligence to be on these shows flapping their lips like this, that is a, that's a horror. And then all of a sudden, this whole development of whatever Trump is, we have to take him out. No matter if we violate or we commit crimes, we got to take him down. And this, to me, is just such a friggin' outrage. Now, back in 2016, with this Yahoo report on you, with this other uh, Russian guy, what was that about? So that was written by uh, Michael Isakoff. Isakoff. Mm -hmm. Isakoff. And the, that was sourced by Christopher Steele. Yes. And well, that yeah. was the um, source that the FBI used to apply for a FISA warrant against you. Oh. Well, you know, there are, there are a couple of sources. I, he... Um, they had this big DNC, Democrat National Committee, uh, opposition research, you know, int intelligence project by this group called Fusion GPS. Mm -hmm. So Fusion GPS starting. So that article you just referenced came out on September 23rd, 2016, you know, about 45 days before the election. For the two months prior, I was getting calls from Every news agency you can imagine, New York Times, CNN, Washington Post, you know, long list. And they kept pitching the same stupid idea that, you know, oh, you're uh, are you colluding with these Russian, uh, you know, high level Russians? Neither of these same two names that I keep hearing, I had never heard in my entire life. Or, well, I, I knew of one, but, you know, the other guy I hadn't even heard of, you know, and I've never, never, ever met him in my life. So finally, you know, after Fusion GPS and Christopher Steele are trying to push this fake now, news now, out let there. Let the audience, yeah. you know, because I want my listening audience to understand. They hear excerpts, they go around the channels, they listen to the bullshit on CNN and, and ABC and NBC and CBS, these are going to be the facts of this whole case because this is so important to get the facts out there. I know that everyone that listens to our podcast doesn't tune into Fox because Fox is the one that tells it like it is. But this is for the other listeners to yeah. understand what the hell is going on with Mr. Carter here and what's going on with this whole fusion thing. This guy Steele was brought up to be, uh, by the FBI, one of the most unreliable people. Am I correct? Absolutely. And really, I mean, what they were doing, and this goes back to what we were just debating about, you know, intelligence operations on the one side, but also media operations on the other. And he was paid large sums of money in 2016 by the Democrat Party to, you know, develop dirt on Trump, develop that dirt, but also to distribute dirt, which is, you oh, know, he was actually 
He was hired to get it out there. Yeah, you know, there was some talk back then. I remember because I was involved with the election with with crazy Steve Bannon. I used to go over there and meet with Steve Bannon at the uh, headquarters over there for Trump. And the part of the thing was there was a word out there that they had Russian operatives that had sheets that there was golden showers with hookers in Moscow. And I know Donald forty years. <laughs> this guy's a germaphobic. No one's taking a pee on the president, and he ain't gonna be around that. So as soon as I heard that, I said, "What a bunch of." Bullshit this is. Yeah. And that was my first time that I actually realized there's, a, there's an effort by the Democratic Party to take him down no matter what. Oh, they got blackmail on him because they peed on some chicks or something like that. And anything in the world that they could do or say they would do to take him down. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. And I mean, uh- the what the going back to the sequence and, and the timing yeah. of things, you know, those rebel or those false allegations came out on about, you know, over three months later um, in on January 10th, 2017. After this, the president was elected well, yeah. after he's elected, but 10 days before the inauguration, they uh-huh. published this entire dodgy dossier, which has, you know, the full 35 pages. The difference before the election they only came after one person. These false allegations of colluding with the Russians uh, in terms of doing oil deals and being involved in the hacking, you know, alleged hacking, that all came down on me. So, unfortunately. So they, Just, but, again, they do it as a way to take down President so no, candidate Trump. So, so in other words, know. they were trying to say Dr. Carter Page was involved with the Russians, telling the Russians, don't worry about these economic sanctions with the oil and gas. And when Donald becomes the president, don't worry about it. And is that is that exactly basically what they're what they're attributing to being the go in between being the representative of President Trump to the Russians. Don't worry about Igor. Don't worry about none. After the election, we got this thing taken care of. We'll get yeah. rid of these sanctions. That's what they were alleging. Am I correct? You got it, Bo. But there's, you know, there's a, alongside that, this before the election and after the election, one of the big miscalculations by the Democrats and the U.S. intelligence community was, well, we have this operation going in terms of this false narrative, these false, you know, defamatory stories we're putting out there yeah. about about myself and President Trump uh, or candidate Trump. But what they didn't expect is that he was going to actually win in November of 2016. Yeah, that, that would have been shit canned and would have been exactly, all over. But they exactly. didn't realize when he won, all, and I was there election night in Hilton. Oh, wow. And I was there. It was like a Rocky movie when we started winning all the state. And then it went, oh, my God. And then we heard, we heard what these alleged professionals from the FBI, the attorney, uh, ugly woman there and her boyfriend there, ugly boy. And what they were so talking about was any way that they could take Trump down. They don't care. They tried to rush a collusion. It didn't work. Now we're into Ukraine. So this is just an ongoing battle. They'll yeah. never stop. And the problem here is majority of the news media 
will not publish what we're talking about now because what it is, it's a concerted effort to block it. And I saw that little creep at the Yankee game, and I said to him, I said, you know what, you should get me on your little CNN with that other guy, Chris Como. You need another side of the truth here. Uh, and his name is Zucker, and he had his two sons. I wanted to be nice to him. I was going to curse at him, but I wouldn't do it in front of his sons. He's like a little weeble. You know what a weeble is? You knock him down, he pops up. But the point is that this is something that I love the audience to listen to because this is the facts of what really transpired. And continue, please. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, it really, the saddest part about it is, and I, you know, actually, two days later after that uh, article came out from Yahoo News on Friday, September 23rd, 2016, I sent a letter to then FBI Director uh, James Comey. So, you know, explaining what a complete joke these false allegations are. And, you know, what I what I mentioned in the letter is, you know, this it's obvious how foolish this fake story is. But if you have any questions, you know, please don't hesitate to contact me. And I know the great work the FBI and law enforcement does to keep our country safe. Yeah. And, you know, it's important that they are starting to get back to work on more important, important things. And that to me is the, the biggest tragedy, you know, instead of wasting tens of millions of dollars, countless law enforcement hours, uh, of, you know, all these, the time for these great individuals, you know, on this complete witch hunt, then, you know, it's I, I a lot better. I got a compliment you on thing it was, I think October 17th, when the Senate committee wanted to bring you in there and I'll, I'll be very honest. And we've seen what happened to uh, to a, a great general. We've seen what happened. In reality, you know, perjury, when you're under conversation, you're under oath, perjury could be constituted in many ways, and you could be tricked into stating something that not intentionally you're saying, but you say, and it will constitute perjury. So that was a smart move not to go in there unless you had complete Immunity, immunity on top of immunity. Well, you, you raise an interesting point, Bo, and actually things evolved over time. And to me, the biggest goal throughout all of this is to, yeah. to get and it's along the lines of what you do day in and day out on, on in the media is try to get the truth out there. And so finally, you know, originally I was pushing back at Senate Intelligence Committee because I knew how corrupt many of the members of that in their, their whole operation was. But, you know, eventually I did it and went ahead and testified. But what was interesting in March of 2017, so I sent that letter in September of 2016 to FBI Director Comey. Never heard from him. Never heard from him for over five months. In early March of 2017, after the inauguration, a couple of uh, FBI agents walk up to me. You know, and typically when I'd helped the FBI and CIA before, they'd call me up in advance and we'd sort of, you know, yeah. we'd sort of arrange a meeting somewhere. And this time they just kind of came up to me. So, you know, it's obvious they're tracking me and know, mm. knowing exactly what where we are. But so we ended up spending a few, uh, um, you know, over 10 hours together, you know, in, uh, over, throughout the month of March. And now, it's hold funny. On a like the listeners. When they did the FISA warrant, when they were tapping your phones and tapping all your shit, when did that start? So the, actually, so less than a month after that September 23rd, 2016 uh, article came out, 
on October 21st, 2016, just right you know, the a couple weeks before the election, they got, they got the first FISA warrant. So they started affidavit. tapping you right before the election. Yes. And how long did they, in your knowledge, did they do that? So the, the final uh, warrant affidavit was signed late June 2017. How so they often, were basically doing it for a year. How often did they question. have to re-up that Pfizer? It's a 90-day process. Every so they did, it, they did it in October. They did it did they have just to bring, before the election. Didn't they have to bring oh, new information to re-it up again, that they, that they got something? You, yeah, that's well, I think you're, you're getting close to uh, some of the things that the great Republicans in, in Congress, like uh, Chairman Lindsey Graham of the uh, Senate Judiciary and Congressman Devin Nunes of House Intelligence. You know, these are it's some of the reasons why they've been, you know, focusing in on some areas. You know, my understanding a little again, slow on the draw. Here. Well, you know, it's uh, they're up against some very strong forces. And I, I've been fighting those same forces myself. But the reason why that final FISA affidavit, which was signed by Rod Rosenstein, then the deputy attorney general in June of 2017, mm. is, you know, there is some additional information, you know, going back to your point. They're they're wiretapping me for nine months and they don't they don't find any information, essentially, you know, because I've been yeah. totally clean. And so they have to kind of come up with some new dirt, you know, and it's so that is some of the worst information is, is my understanding. Yeah, but that's but it's like too. that's like if I put a tap on you. Right. Uh, when I used to be a detective, you have to go before a court. You have a, 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 a an informant giving you information. You swear to it. You have to show credibility for the warrant. And then even when you're on a warrant, you have to turn it off. And it's not pertaining to the subject of what the warrant's for. Is that the same thing with the FISA? Well, it's interesting. So <laughs> there are so finally, you know, and there, there's so many laws. We could talk for the next day about all the laws broken in this process, Bo. But there was there was one. Um, there were some specific. They ended up finally declassifying, you know, a highly redacted version of my four FISA affidavits. In last July, July 2018. Of what was said by you about well, tapped. Well, but, you know, it's what they're saying was said by me and what these uh, the other false evidence that they're submitting to the court of law, you know, in the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court in Washington. So what's interesting, if you look at those affidavits, you know, you can there's find some that pages and pages are just blacked out. Well, there's you're absolutely right, Carla. But there's a lot of, you know, the main applications, which were put together by the DOJ and the FBI, they're pretty heavily blacked out. But at the end of those four warrants are actually the order signed by the judges, four judges, right? Those are entirely blacked out. And so that gets to your question of, you know, what, what the, were they allowing? Right. And, you know, my theory as to why those, the judges' orders are completely blacked out is because if they had, if they gave any information whatsoever about what these judges got finagled into, you know, authorizing, those judges would have, have to stand up for themselves. Problem, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, there, you know, there's there's a lot of problems that are still coming. You down, know, but. as far as when you get these warrants, you know, if you you have a certain topic that you're listening for, you can't have a broad base. If he's talking about having sex with some gal, they're supposed to shut that off. That has nothing to pertain to what they're listening for. And I don't know if that's the same with the FISA warrants. Well, there's a lot of different. You know, it's like uh, going into a, a restaurant and 
and there's a lot of different things on the menu. And so that's what they ended up getting authorized is what the selections were in the menu. And that's, yeah. that's what's in those four. And that's what's ju- blacked ju- out. Yeah, that, that's, that's what's entirely blacked out. And so, also the, but the, the understanding officer is, that ordered, that applied for it is also blacked out. So we well, but the officers, but I mean, what we do know are people, you know, the high level, and this goes back to the corruption within the DOJ and yeah. the FBI during the, during the Obama administration, which, you know, some of these people ended up sticking around into the Trump administration. That's his so. biggest problem is he didn't clean house. And even with the informants in the White House, you've got people that are still embedded that are, are leaking a lot of information. I mean, we we see the leaks occurring every day. Now, when you when you when you when you are not charged with anything, which you weren't. And they were listed for nine months? What, nine months? Twelve. Twelve, totally. Twelve months. Yep. And they didn't have shit. Yep. Because if they had something, you would have been indicted. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That, and that, that actually goes to the, uh, I, I was starting to say with those March 2017 meetings when the FBI came to me and I met with them the five times. I said, um, the first couple times we sat down, you know, first couple meetings, they would say to me, well, we're just having a conversation here. Yeah. I, I, and it, I remember they said this at least a couple times. You're not or, a target. Well, they tell you that right? something more to the point of what you're just making. They said, you're not under oath. Yeah. I'm like, well, listen, if you whether lie to I'm an on, FBI agent, you're on the oath. Well, you make know, a false statement to well, a federal agent. If, well, and if, even if the dates are don't line up with whatever you're saying. Yes, you're absolutely right. But here was my response to them whenever they said that. And this is probably why they kind of stepped. Stop saying it at the end of the day. They said, you know, I said to them, I'm an, I'm a Naval Academy graduate. And ever since I went to that institution, I've lived by the honor code. You know, you don't lie, cheat or steal. And whether I'm talking to you or whether I'm talking to Anderson Cooper on CNN or Chris Hayes on MSNBC or, you know, any of these, you know, George Stephanopoulos, wherever I don't, you know, I tell the truth, you know, I'm going to give the I'm going to give the truth. So they were a little, you know, I could, I could sense a little disappointment. And some people in Congress were trying that as well in my many, uh, many hours. In total, I probably spent around 40 hours of various uh, interrogations throughout this entire process. And obviously they came up with shit. They, yeah, they couldn't find anything. And then, so they had to make up stuff instead. But I, I love- and, you know, and again, from the very beginning, it was... It was made up. So now, uh, what's his name? Papadapa dude. What's his name there? George Papadopoulos. Yeah. Did you know him? So that's an interesting question because I had very little interaction with him at all. You know, he asked to have a Skype call early. Uh, you know, right when we got uh, to you know when our committee was announced, and so you know, I talked with him a few minutes on the phone. I can't even remember. You know, we had some of the best. He was on people. the same committee. On we, the you know, we had a, a large committee of people who were, you know, volunteers in, in foreign policy, policy, foreign policy. Yes. And, and national security. Mm-hmm. And on the national security front, some of the best people I've ever, you know, I've been in the foreign policy, international relations world for many decades. And, you know, as part of my work in the, the and military, you're political. Well, you know, I, I yes. mean, that's part of that, that I, my experience is yeah. they are apolitical. Yes. They're not a Democrat or Republican. They're a professional person. Until, until, until 2016, 2016 and these people, 
you know, some of the people in the establishment who don't like some of the new ideas and the important changes. No, the important changes are gutting out all the corruption and all the lobbyists and all the waste in this government. And they want business as usual because all these lobbyists are taking care of them. And that's why they hate Donald, President Donald Trump. Absolutely. Simple, simple. Yeah, yeah. So you're absolutely right. And, you know, some of the best people in the foreign policy world that I've ever dealt with in my life were members of that committee. And the vast majority of them, of them and it, people haven't really stopped to think about this, but there were some, you know, the vast majority of us were U.S. military veterans, some top generals, Army, Air, Air Force, uh, Marine generals were on that committee, as well as, you know, uh, a few Navy admirals as well. And, you know, dealing with, these are really the people I gravitated towards and, you know, spend a lot of time with. And it was really a shame, you know, because eventually after those articles came out, I had to take a leave of absence just given all the craziness. And, you know, breaking up, you talk about election interference, breaking up our committee like that, you know, causing this interference for the policymaking, you know, idea generation we were working on is, is really one of well, the most tragic. Well, you were there was for, to steer this president if he won into a direction of a good policy for the for the country. Well, I, I, I was a small, you know, no, I was a small lieutenant, you know, amongst some some really great generals in this important process. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, my ability to contribute and their ability to sort of have an open debate, I think, was uh, was really unfortunate. Got a question. If it's all based, let me know. You don't have to answer it. WikiLeaks. Did you ever know him? Have you ever spoken to him? I never knew. You know, the things I heard about that were just things I heard about in the news. You never had any involvement with Not only did I never have any involvement, no one in Russia, you know, because I spent some time. I spent a lot of time in Yeah, supposedly he was getting information from all these Russian sources. None of the Russians I've met ever knew anything about it as well. You know, again, some of the some of the news stories, once they've already been made public, were interesting to everyone, right? Because, you know, again, they uncovered a lot of, you know, shady yeah. practices right. that the and, Democrats were doing. But. Right. And I mean, and, and, and a lot of things, they throw misleading stuff in there to throw you off. Oh, yeah, we have a source in Moscow that would observe this with that and this meeting and a total bullshit with no substantiation. But yet you're starting a little bit of a smoldering of a fire. Absolutely. And that's basically, you know, look, I've worked on campaigns, my own campaigns, and you you develop stuff as far as anti against the candidate you're running the same as what Hillary did to Trump. I mean, we we found out other stuff. We also found out the information about Hillary being the secretary of state who was making money with the Swiss banks, being in charge of the Swiss banks uh, to, to the settlement. She's the secretary of state. No one question that. Her husband there, a million and a half dollars to do a friggin' speech for half an hour. I mean, all these things are, are a counter-research that you bring out during the campaign. Well, you have a debate. If I'm debating Hillary Clinton, I'd say, uh, Hillary, your husband got a million and a half dollars for Swiss banks. There were 20,000 American accounts there. Why weren't they all released? Why didn't they pay their fair taxes? I mean, these are things you do with information you have and with just as normalcy, no? Well, here's the difference between those types of standard operations, Bo. Mm-hmm. Again, remember this uh, individual, Christopher Steele, right? Mm-hmm. The guy who was paid 
large sums of money by the Democrats, right? right? That person wears a couple of different hats, and he has a couple of different loyalties and shares of cash flow, right? Money loyalty. Well, the money loyalty, yes, you're getting exactly to my point. The money loyalty to the politicians, you know, he's getting these this money funneled to him by the Democrats. At the same time, in 2016, throughout 2016, he received 11 payments wow. from the FBI. The At FBI the same was, time he's getting money from Hillary. Absolutely. From the uh, DNC. And the DNC, yep. Yes. Mm. From so, the FBI also. So this was like a double agent there. Yep. And, you know, they're they're So the FBI had to know... How to know that he was doing work for the DNC? Yes. Well, and what's interesting, and this is sort of some of the testimony which came out, and I've I've been fighting a long time with the U.S. Department of Justice on this, but one of their top officials uh, in the Obama administration and into the early period of the Trump administration was this guy Bruce Orr, right? Yep. And so his his wife Nellie Orr worked. For Fusion GPS, she was also paid by them, and they were kind of doing this joint dirt operation. And those those two, each of them, one from DOJ, one from Fusion GPF, their family, are having you know ongoing discussions in, in with, F- uh, with the FBI. Well, with Christopher Steele, and then they were kind of now, funneling it back Steele, to Steele. You got to bring me up to date. My my memory ceases a little bit. How much was he put under oath and question on this whole thing? Well, it's you know similar to what you were referring to in terms of the 18 U.S.C. Two, uh, 1001 violations. You know, he had long relations with the FBI and also other, um, you know, allegedly some you know intelligence and U, uh, U.S. foreign policy groups. So you know, I don't know about being under oath, but he spent um, you know he would definitely had sort of those relationships. And no, so he, you know, he he, he, he had. At the very least, a contractual, you know, because he was under contract. He was under contract by the FBI, you know. And so at the very least, it's a breach of contract. And actually, he was, I said, 11 payments in uh, 2016. Part of the reason is eventually he got fired for these criminal leaks to the uh, the media. So he never testified because he used that as far as his non-testimony? Well, there's, you know, again, we're getting into sort of tricky legal definitions, but he was definitely feeding fake dirt to the FBI, either both directly as well as indirectly through, you know, like this uh, guy, Bruce Orr, who's mm-hmm. also whose wife is paid by fusion. So, I mean, there's your collusion. It's right there is your collusion. My problem is this Inspector General report that I've been waiting for. What what's up with that? Maybe that guy's in the tank. Well, it goes back to sort of some of the things where you know you're alluding to, Bo, because there's there was a news report in Reuters uh, back in June, yeah. right? And they said that three people from the Office of Inspector General, you know, DOJ people. Yeah. Flew to London in June yeah. to go interview Christopher Steele for two days, right? And they found him, you know, sufficiently credible. <laughs> you know, this guy has no credibility whatsoever. So it's really deja vu all over again. You know, we sort of repeating the same uh, bad practices because, you know, you're familiar in a uh, – given your work in law enforcement this, and 
work in the courts uh, as part of your work in law enforcement of the term ex parte. Yes. You know, ex parte means, you know, the person who it's about is totally kept out. And those those four FISA warrant ap- affidavits, which were fraudulently submitted to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court against me, were all ex parte. Unfortunately, this whole inspector general report thus far, you know, because it's about the crimes that were committed against myself and right. against President Trump, you know, so far that has been entirely ex parte as well, right? <laughs> Where, And it's the same cast of characters. Again, they're playing... U.S. taxpayer funded uh, vacations to Europe for these, you know, three people from the inspector general's office, allegedly, to go hang out with Christopher Steele for a couple of days. But I've offered um, to provide, you know, input. And I also, you know, by law, the Privacy Act of 1974 says that you, um, you know, if there's a system of records, if there are records about an individual, yeah. the person has to be able to both, you know, have access to it and also to, you know, if there are if there are corrections and there if there are errors, the person's allowed to ask for corrections. Well, if you're, and I've been begging for this for over two right, years if you're already. you're accused of something, you should be able to interrogate the accuser. It's very, very simple. It's... Uh, Normalcy. Well, unfortunately, no one ever figured this out yet in terms of this. Inspector but I love General what you're report. doing, yeah. too. Now, all of a sudden, you've made it a concerted effort to go on to the attack with your lawsuits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and this this most recent one yesterday, you know, is really getting to that Privacy Act. Why don't we talk right? a bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, in um, again, May of 2017, I submitted a request to the Department of Justice for these, the system of records about myself, you right, know, these, you these fraudulent, right. you know, which I, which I should have the right. And unfortunately, you know, what they ended up doing, instead of giving me the opportunity to see my records and to edit my records, what did they end up doing in July of 2018 instead? They end up, you know, giving it to the New York Times, you know, the, the glowing New York Times, which is sort of in the tank for the Democrats, we know right? That. So they haven't, uh, you know, so that's illicitly given to the F, uh, to the New York Times in, in last year. Before you were given it. Before I was ever given, you know, what I had requested for making edits. And I'm making a similar, I've made, you know, I've been in ongoing battles with the DOJ, you know, over the last couple of months to try to get access to this new inspector general report before it smears me and, you know, President Trump again. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, again, by law, according to the Privacy Act of 1974, I should be allowed to provide input to that. And, you know, the so-called uh, Office of Privacy and Civil Liberties at uh, DOJ has not given me the opportunity. And so I, I took them to court yesterday and I'm going to try to have this battle out. Well, it's kind of, it's kind of like what's going on with President Trump in the fact that now with this Ukrainian thing, all of a sudden, they have witnesses. You have a Democratic, Republican side, Democrat side. But the Republican side is not able to question these witnesses. They're taking all this testimony one-sided on one-sided alleged whistleblower, supposedly your CIA, whatever, whoever it is. But there's not 
anybody able to question that witness. Where is the rights of the president? I don't understand. So they're going to come up with an impeachment against the president without having the president have his legal team to interrogate, to question the accuser. This to me is like communism. I mean, it's crazy. You're absolutely right, Bo, but let me add one little piece on top of that, because in coordination with exactly what you're referring to, they also have this massive media operation where all these fake news channels are constantly, you know, they leak whatever side of the story they want, you know, and spin it in a certain way to just do as much damage as possible. And that is, you know, precisely the same thing that they did to candidate Trump and myself during 2016. And they're just following the same formula yeah, and now. Like even we were talking the other day while I was with the president about a month, month and a half ago on Long Island. And uh, he mentioned about something that I gave him an idea about in 2016. I said, you know, veterans should be able to go to any doctor, any hospital, because they get treated like shit by these VA hospitals. And I said, Mr. President, not Mr. President, I said, Donald, he wasn't the president yet. Why don't they come out with a VA car where they could go to any doctor, any hospital, give the bill to the VA. Sure enough, it's called Veterans Choice. But did you see it in the news? That's been passed. Mm-hmm. It has not been in the news media. Anything that this president does that's a positive thing, they will not give him the, 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 the unemployment records, the uh, jobs. They just will not release anything positive. It's such a, I mean, I just pray to God that the majority, not the 40% that are his loyal followers, but the other independents don't see through this farce what's going on. Because what's scary is you turn the TV on and all you see is one side, negative Trump. Everything's negative Trump, negative Trump, negative Trump. It's scary. It's scary. Well, it's not just negative Trump. It's false, falsely accused Trump as well, right? No. I mean, it's, it's all based on lies, one thing right after another. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's, it's at a point right now where, you know, you've been victimized. So what are you doing with yourself now? You have to well, be, how do you get this nice tie and suit? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I've, been, I've been living off savings for the last several years, I, and I've been, you know, dedicating all my resources to these legal battles to try to reform our justice system and try to get a little bit of justice President for us. President give you off your job? <laughs> Not, well, you know, it's impossible. You look at what happened to General Flynn, you know, <laughs> look at what, I mean, these people in the deep state, you know, Department of Justice and FBI are coming after him so aggressively. Over bullshit. Over complete, you know, nothing. And... And it's interesting. I mean, today we should be seeing, you know, sometime this week we should be there. There's been ongoing uh, developments in his uh, General Flynn's case. And I think, you know, again, this gets to the bottom of what I keep saying. We just need the truth out there. And I think we're getting, you know, taking some steps yeah, to but the it's truth. Too but, damn slow. Well, it is too slow. And to your point, you know, the, the question you're asking about you know, working for President Trump, you know, anyone who works for President Trump just gets targeted, you know, tar- you know massive target and just, and, you know, and huge. Yeah, they, and you know what? It's like with any politics, they look and they have it already in ammunition. So when someone comes in there to already hit them, like with that Supreme Court judge, what they did to that poor man, poor judge what Cal- he went yeah, to, Judge Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh, it was terrible. Yeah. I just think that, you know, this uh, Inspector General report just discuss me. And also, I know, I know the great Senator Lindsey Graham, and I like him very much, but they got to get on the offensive faster than they're doing now. Because yeah. if they don't, 
they're just going to keep eroding, 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 and we're getting weaker, 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 and then we'll have one of these nitwits possibly beat the president. Uh, I mean, where do we go? Either the nut from Ben and Jerry, Vermont, <laughs> or the other side, Ohio, what the hell, Pocahontas? I mean, what, what, what choices are there, and what is this country going to really look like if one of these nitwits get elected? Well, part of it, you know, and again, it's it's what we've been talking about uh, throughout the show, about the there's a big infrastructure, you know, behind behind each of these large candidates with tens or hundreds of millions of dollars of Democrat slush fund money to, you know, advance some of these really dangerous programs. And, you know, the one what I uh, what I and President Trump were targeted on with this uh, Fusion GPS project, you know, mm-hmm. which even them, you know, it's a million dollar endeavor and there's, you know, tons of million or, you know, many millions of dollars beyond that, which were dedicated to this smear campaign. I mean, there's there is a massive infrastructure. I mean, there's issues with these each of these Democrat candidates on the one hand, but there's also beyond that, you know, there, large armies. You there know, is a deep that. state. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the other big scary thing, too, is we're talking about politics real fast is the it's going to end up in the Supreme Court, this voter thing, as far as with the president. And, uh, you know, this is going to be a very, very important uh, decision by the Supreme Court as far as with these voting. Because I know one thing from experience, when I ran for United States Congress, there was a lot of cheating done by the Democratic Party in New York with the Board of Elections and all the people that run them, and they control the Board of Elections. On a, on a countrywide basis, all these major Democratic-controlled states and cities, they control the Board of Elections. And then when people talk about cheating votes, you know, you cheat 5%, you lose an election. And 5% is not unreasonable because what they'll do is they'll let people vote. Just let them vote. Why can't, why shouldn't you, you have to show ID when you go on a plane. Why shouldn't you have ID to vote? It's one of the most important rights that we have. And they, they knock it down. They say it's racist to have ID to vote. Why? Either you are the person or you're not. And now they just fog it all up. And to me, it's outrageous. Well, you, I, I know exactly where you're coming from, Bo. And again, this is uh, what's particularly troubling about what they did the last time around with the use of the U.S. intelligence community, because it's following those same tactics yeah. of, you know, having people that are s- supporting them um, internally within the infrastructure of big government. But, you know, when you start using, you know, the FBI, the CIA, sure. National Security Agency for these operations, it's really uh, and, and, problematic. And what really hurts me is I know a lot of agents and yeah. super specialized, uh, specialized supervisors there of the FBI and really hardworking agents, and they've been tarnished by this big bird jerk off Comey. And it's disgusting because I look upon the FBI as the professional policemen of this country yeah. and how they've been torn apart by these few punks. And I got to call them punks because they degenerated this great institution that's out there for law enforcement, protecting our country. And now they have to walk around 
similar to like the New York City Police Department, what this scumbag mayor has done to the police in the police department where they walk around with their heads down and they can't do their jobs because every time they do their jobs, they, they, they smack them down, smack them down. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's scary to me. I got me. I'm at the end of my rope, probably, but <laughs> I, I got kids and up. I got a grandson. I, I'm afraid for the young people what this country is going to look like. We just had uh, Carlo and I uh, been putting together a, uh, a, a, a editorial page on what's happening in New York State with mm-hmm. the uh, criminal justice reform. And now they're coming on January 1st. This moron uh, governor is signing into law. Criminal reform, where if you're a wit, if you get robbed outside, you stab your witness, and you're a complainant. Within 15 days, they have to release that information to the defense attorney. Mm. It's worse. Grand jury testimony, secret testimony, evidence, witnesses, complainant has to be released to the defense attorney within 15 days. Bail is going to be non-existent. Like 98% will have no bail. You could commit a robbery for breakfast. And they'll let you out. They'll give you what they call a desk appearance ticket. And they'll declassify the robbery down to grand larceny, which would be under that catalyst. Then you could get out at 12. You could do a robbery for lunch. And then you'll be a three hours desk appearance ticket. That means you go to the station house. You fill it out. You're out. And then you could do one for supper. So you could commit three robberies in one day now with this new bill. I mean, where are we going? Where the, that's New York State. This is what's being implemented on January 1st. Does anybody understand what the hell are we talking about here? The criminal now, or there are some wrong things like a kid with pot being in jail for 12 months. Look, there are, there are some wrong things with the criminal justice system, which I know about, but we're not, you don't take the whole thing apart for little mistakes. You correct those little mistakes. You just don't take the whole catalyst of, of criminal justice down and destroy complainants and witnesses and the right to prosecute someone who commits a crime against you without the fear of them retaliating against you. How about jurors? They'll be scared stiff to come back with a guilty verdict because the names will be out there. This is what's happening. Well, and you know, there's so many, I mean, it's important. You're, you're getting into a lot of important technicalities, Bo, and it's important that people understand these policy elements and sort of, you know, get involved in terms of some of these debates. And I, I, you know, my focus over the last few years has been in the intelligence and, you know, national security world. And, you know, I think similarly, there's not enough people getting involved and really understanding and kind of taking action to sort of address And I'm really pissed off. You know, I'm really pissed off that there were people who made allegations and said that you are a Russian operative, a Russian asset. You're a great American. You're a patriot. And that pisses me to shit off. If I got accused of that, I don't care if it's call me whoever it is. I, I, I take the arrest for cracking them right in the jaw. You're an American patriot. Yeah. And you're being treated like someone who is a subversive traitor to this country. Well, I, I always keep it in, in context, Bo, because really when they were coming after me, uh, they, in the end of the day, they were just trying to get Bring down Canada, Trump, then President-elect Trump, yeah, and but then you're, President you're, Trump. You're, you're, what you've done in your life in yeah. this country now is being tarnished upon the Well, our, our entire country is being tarnished. And to me, that's the biggest concern. And, you know, 
You talk about all the, I mean, that's like someone if I, when I was a detective, that's like someone tell me I took money. I never took money. And if you said that about me, I'd, I'd take your jaw out. And I mean, that's the way, I mean, you must feel inside. They're talking upon you as being an asset for Russia with all this bullshit. That's got to get you inside the gut. Well, what gets me inside the gut the most is what they've done to take down or try to take down President Trump. And, you know, all of his incredible accomplishments, some someone, you know, that to me is is the greatest tragedy. And this is this is part of the reason why I always use that term dodgy dossier to talk about this, you know, fake intelligence mm. report. The original dodgy dossier was in 2002, 2003. That was also came from London, you know, just like Christopher Steele's fake DNC funded report came yeah. from London. And this was used as a false premise to start the Iraq war. You know, it was a joint about operation. The, about, the weapons about, the, yep. about the weapons of mass destruction. Yes. Yeah. Was it, it sourced was all, by a bad it was, source? Chilabi. It was all a, 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 another fake source. Yeah. Wow. Boy, they, they, this was very, you're a very interesting guy. Thank well, you. I, thanks so much for having to, me. I've been trying thanks to for all your service, down, too. No, it's but, been uh, great. do send my love to Sean. And yeah. <laughs> uh, if people want to reach out to you, how can they get to you? Uh, well, I'm on Twitter. You, uh, I think it's Carter W. Page. Uh, so there's Yeah, uh, and if anybody, like, call, yeah, uh, yeah. Carlo? Or my yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll put, put out a link, uh, include your social media, so people can follow <laughs> your ongoing battle. I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of people that are, uh, on your side and rooting for you. And uh, you can follow us. We're on social media. We're at One Tough Podcast on Twitter. Bo's at Bo Deedle on Twitter and at The Real Bo Deedle on Instagram. You can also send us any kind of emails you'd like. We're at One Tough Podcast at gmail.com. And we like to wrap up our show with. Uh, yeah, our we do this little segment. thing here. And first of all, if, the, if anybody wants to send you some cash, how can they get it to you? Well, I've been thinking about that. You know, I, I, I've been so- an entrepreneur uh, for. People, you know, at some stage, I may need to sort of. Well, you, you come know, back on, on the show. You <laughs> okay. set something up, okay. and we I can maybe get some resources for you. <laughs> okay. But what we do is every week, me and Carlo, whoever our guest is, we we, we call them uh, Punk of the Week. Now, <laughs> Punk of the Week could be a situation. It could be anything. Somebody that you don't like. I'd like to know what your Punk of the Week is. To something that really bothered you this week. Well, to me, it really is the what happened with the Privacy Act violations in Department of Justice. And that's, you know, that's why I, uh, I did my uh, step against the, uh, you know, the punk practices yesterday in the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia with filing my lawsuit there. So I'm just really disappointed with the way this Inspector General report has been managed. Do we have a managed. good judge in that? I hope so. Yes. Uh, Judge uh, no, Kantaji. Fair. Not good. Fair. I like the word fair. Well, you know, uh, Judge uh, Kantaji uh, Brown Jackson, she um, she was assigned to my case. And actually, she um, she handled the case and convicted. We were talking about Senate Intelligence Committee. James Wolfe, who was giving out the false information about me to um, someone in someone, a number of uh, young ladies in the media and news media. Yeah. And she, and so she, she, uh, she convicted oh. him and he's, he's served time for this. So Good. Well, I, I hope, sound like yeah. we have a very fair judge and we hope I that hope this, so. yep. and now can you get, uh, can you, uh, 
make money on this thing in the sense that you've been wronged on it? What's your what's your damages that you're looking for? Well, you know, I, I have a number of things that I'm looking for. First of all, you know, I want I want the court to recognize, as so many people across the country have recognized, that you know the Department of Justice has violated the Privacy Acts, right? And I also, you know, want to. You've been fix, damaged. Well, so you should be able our, to get our country damage. You know, our country has been damaged. And, you know, to me, this inspector general report, which has not really been managed in a uh, correct way thus far in terms of its rollout and the review process, I want to have the ability to review it for accuracy purposes. And then, you know, yes, there, there may be some, uh, monet, you know, actual monetary Damage. damages as well. So, um, but. We'll, well see how that's it goes. Your punk, that's your punk of the week, and that's, <laughs> that's good. Good. What about you there, uh, Commander? What do you feel? I'm, I think the biggest punk in the whole world right now is the NBA. I think the way that they're handling their China policy and you know making sure that and, and none of the players speak out against China, it's a travesty. It's uh, NBA. All our sports are you know looked upon by the world, and it's a good place to get a message of freedom and democracy out there, and that the NBA is taking money from China and – Keeping everybody quiet is a disgrace. Well, you're up on something because my punk of the week is the country of China for what they do with human rights. And people don't realize they have concentration camps over there. They have people incarcerated just by being not what they like. And if you don't, if you speak against the government, they go to jail and they suck. And you know what? America shouldn't be kissing their asses. As far as I'm concerned, they're our biggest enemy. And you know what? They don't have to fire one missile at us. They have Astat satellites that could be taken out, knocking out our GPS with all the stuff that they've stolen with all our proprietary it's all our proprietary stuff. You look at Boeing. You look at our military jets. Our F-35, they have a duplicate plane. Looks like the, the brother of it, exactly the same. Everything we got, they got missiles they can drop out of the sky where we can't stop them, down on targets. They could take out our global GPS satellites in space. We don't have anything like that. They don't have to fire one shot at America. They could destroy us. So China... Is my punk of the week, and they should straighten their asses out. Otherwise, Trump shouldn't be so nice to them. That's my punk of the week, too. So we agree on something, Go. All right. Well, so thank you. We bring you these uh, great guests every week. Thanks so much. Get Bob. the truth out there. Thank you very much to Carter Page, and uh, we'll see you next week. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.